Hi, I'm Dan. And I'm James. And welcome to the Cornwall Property Podcast, where every week we bring you the latest news, hot topics and guidance around the Cornwall property market. Stay tuned to be informed, inspired and to have any of your property-related questions answered by trusted local property professionals. Hello, welcome back. Welcome back from me as well. I'm Dan. I'm James. And we are here with the Cornwall Property Podcast aiming to inform, educate, inspire you guys to get involved with property and help us tackle this Cornwall housing crisis. So guys, thank you for getting in touch so far. I'm James, uh, as I say, and please do keep all your wonderful uh, feedback and questions coming in to us. Just a reminder, you can do that on our social uh, media on uh, Cornwall Property Podcast. Uh, You can also go to our website, which is cornwallpropertypodcast.com. And if you are in the world of email, you can email us on hello at cornwallpropertypodcast.com. But uh, as always, thank you so much for all your uh, reaching out that you do to us. Definitely. So this is the Ask Dan and James episode where you guys, or we're asking your questions, really. You guys have been in touch and thank you for doing so. We've had some lovely emails and feedback too, which is always welcome. So James, over to you. What's the first question? Here we go. This is from lovely Mark in Truro who asks this. I've heard you mention property sources previously. What do you mean by this? And is it something I should be looking into when wanting to buy a property? Good question there. Mark. Yeah, nice one, Mark. Thanks for getting in touch. Um, property sources, it's, it, yeah, by all means, it's, it's another avenue, I suppose, of acquiring property. So typically, the historical way of, of looking at property is you go to the shop window, the agent's window, you look what's in the window, go and talk to the agent. Um, or Nowadays, you're scrolling right, move Zoopla on the market, those sort of platforms as well. But it's very time-consuming. And the what as people know is what you want to do is you want to be networking with the agents you want to be in the agents you want to be the first person the agents call so why would you go to a property source so a property sourcer is essentially someone who is for their job they are trying to find properties they're kind of like the the tinder of the property market as such they are the matchmakers so we would go to say james was a property source i said james i am looking for a a two-bed end terrace or a two-bed property in truro for a price of around these sort of figures now james would then turn around straight away say well look i think you're being realistic or unrealistic okay basically i'm giving james a criteria of what i would like and james's job then is to try and find it for us Uh, he's trying to match me with the right property and and how that is preference uh, preferential to him and myself is that the time consuming element is taken from me because James is on the case for me. But the other thing is that what we're kind of paying for and hoping for is that your property source has got good contacts and good network because hopefully they're getting opportunities that aren't necessarily on the market or they get opportunities to see these properties before they get to the market. So a property source is simply someone that you could go to uh, to, to help with your sourcing or your <clears throat> acquiring of property to look at more options and uh, to well, to, to hopefully get a broader range of opportunities. I suppose what the negatives of property sourcer, I, I, I quite enjoy that side of things personally. I know James is the same, um, but obviously it's going to cost. It's going to cost a lot more money. Um, generally, you'll find it's about a percent. Generally, a percent is of the overall cost of the property. You'd be paying a percent of the price to the sourcer as a, as a thank you and for their services. Uh, I know some sources now are looking at uh, reversing those kind of fees so the actual fee goes to the seller as well so if you're trying to sell your property um, again there's some ways that some people are doing it different ways but the idea is that the sourcer's job is to find you the properties that you want now james and i we, we work with sources locally as well who um, have uh, broader relationships with more agents than we do they 
they have a bit more time to spend on looking for properties and opportunities as well, which is where we sometimes struggle is that we're so enwrapped with our developments that we've obviously shared with you guys as well on previous podcasts, but it's quite time consuming. So where we're trying to just build a pipeline of opportunities and uh, um, projects to move our, our teams from one to another, um, we we also go to sources and they bring us opportunities and we often get opportunities sent to us on emails. Again, if you find opportunities, guys, we would happily pay sourcing fees and, and finders fees essentially for any opportunities that you were to find for us. So we want to obviously encourage it and reward it. Um, so if people were to bring us opportunities and like a sourcer, that would be a sourcer's job. But my tips to you there is to make sure that if you are going to, to use a sourcer, make sure that they are a, a compliant sourcer. So they need to be... Um, registered with a redress scheme. So a property redress scheme might be called the PRS. Um, but again, there's need to be compliant, insured, all these sorts of things. But there's definitely need to do your homework and and to look at reviews and speak to people that have used them and, and can comment on those sort of things. But James, is there anything you'd like to add to that that I may have missed? Um, yeah, I've got one point. I mean, you've, you've made some really good points there anyway, Dan. And I, I think sources are a valuable tool. Uh, to be able to find those properties i think it also depends what type of strategy that you're going for so for example you know our strategy uh with our company we like the uh, the buy renovate and refinance um model also known as brr now if you're looking for something that is you know quite a bit below market value to get a really good deal then you know a sourcer is very very good because you're going to be needing them to spend a lot of time because let's be honest for in cornwall to even find a property uh, that's you know good and worth investing in is one thing to get it you know at a discount is just even harder so from that side of thing if it is an investment mark uh, and you're wanting to try and make some money on the property and you're using that model or even to flip it then definitely because you can make that sourcing fee kind of back when you sell the property or when you refinance it so that's how i would look at it so it's a very powerful tool for that but if it's for yourself mark and you're looking for a residential uh, property to live in then you know if you're in a good position to buy i think it's a very powerful tool for you for you to be working with the agents that you're buying from because essentially they are your property sources what is a job of an agent is to uh hello mr matson we'll call him uh i'd like you to find me a five bed house uh in the countryside i'm a cash purchase uh and uh yeah go off and find me one they make their money from selling property and if they've got good buyers like yourself mark potentially uh then you know you should network with as many agents as you possibly can show them that you're in such a good uh position in terms of your affordability uh and you're you mean business you're serious and technically you could have you know two agents from uh well one estate agency working for you if you've got you know uh, five agencies you've got 10 sources just on your doorstep so it really just depends because if anything that goes in the shop window of an estate agent everybody else is going to be looking for it but sourcer i find you'll get as dan said those sort of off market deals that's where the sort of real juicy worms are really and, and that's where the value comes for them as well that's oh for sure well you're not going to pay the sourcing fee if it's on right moving you could have found it yourself it's that the whole idea is you're sourcing a property that is no one else is really going to hopefully see or have first dibs on so that is definitely where the source's value comes and if that's something they could bring to you and it works and 100 but my recommendation there is also know the fees up front definitely agree the fees up front in terms of what the percentages or how they work and make sure the numbers stack in the overall project because you need to add that fee to the overall figures mm. um, and make sure it still stacks and works for you. But we we personally have recently used a sourcer um, and they've sourced it off, off market property for us. We've, we've, uh, had an offer accepted on it and we want to proceed with it so as, as far as we're concerned as soon as we exchange and we're good to go we'll be we'll be paying and, and rewarding that source as a thank you and we want more of it so Definitely. why would you not be so no mark hopefully that helps gives you a bit more of an idea again 
any further questions, please throw them our way. But yeah, sources not definitely not a no, and <clears> it's <throat> definitely worth maybe reaching out if you know of any, and if you want any help in us directing you, just people just give us a shout. Absolutely. Right. I will then pick up the second question, James. I'm going to throw this at you, and this is from Sally and Grandpa. And Sally would like to know. In fact, Sally's actually said some nice words at the start. She said, uh, thanks, firstly, for all the great content, guys. Love and listening to the podcast. So thank you very much, Sally. Really appreciate that. I am looking at a property which looks like it may be a perfect flip or buy to let. However, we have been told by the sellers that asbestos might be present, and but they don't know for certain. Should I pull the plug on this or are, are there other options? On James. Oh, that's a good, a good question, um, there, Sally. And uh, yeah, thank you uh, for liking the content. That's what we're here to uh, deliver. And yeah, asbestos. Um, it comes onto our decks uh, a few times, uh, not physically, <laughs> thank God. Uh, but people do ask us about it because it's, uh, you know, it is a. A dangerous hazardous uh, material uh, which is more so back in the sort of uh, you know the 1950s 1960s there and uh, you know it's not nice stuff to deal with and unfortunately it was used a lot in properties before people actually knew you know the, how harmful it was but in answer to your question I wouldn't just completely dismiss the property if it's got asbestos I think it very much depends on what are you looking to do with the property if you're just doing uh, a light refurb uh, where you're just painting walls or you're installing new kitchens and you're not really touching the asbestos at all you know many people will tell you it's it's not the end of the world if it's got asbestos in it it's had it in there for the last 30 years but if you know you're not going to be disturbing it or anything then just leave it as it is and it's not a problem However, a bit like the financials, you know, we always recommend getting, uh, you know, professional advice. There are uh, numerous companies uh, in Cornwall uh, and the rest of the country, uh, for that matter, that will have professionals. They can come in, they can test the whole property and you can then gauge the severity of how much uh, asbestos uh, you're dealing with. And also, you know, what type of grade of asbestos uh, that you're dealing with. Uh, a little bit like Mundic, there's all different types of grades and, you know, um, some is worse than the other. But in answer to your question, summarising... Um, no, I, I definitely wouldn't just pull the plug on it. Um, have a look at your options. Really sit down with your builder or uh, with yourself if you're going to be doing the refurb and, you know, understand how much you would be disturbing uh, the asbestos. But that's even if it even exists. So although it's a bit of a cost, I would definitely get that asbestos survey. Have a look and see what you're dealing with and then make out a best plan for it um, because you might not need to touch the asbestos anyway. 100%. Yeah, first, definitely diagnose the issue where is it where have we got asbestos if we have and then once you know you can make the plan isn't it because we've we've tackled properties with asbestos and we're like right it's over there we just don't need to touch it it's fine just leave it intact other re other ways we've had to go around it is we've had to get professionals in to come and take and remove the asbestos safely and then there's obviously a process in which you dispose of that as well and you get the certificate once you dispose of it correctly just uh again some lenders might want to ask for that if they know it's an older property or a certain type of property they might actually request it like Mundic surveys as well so mm. yeah definitely not a, a no sally but just cover your backside get a little survey carried out of the property you could be looking depending on the size of the property 500 pounds 600 pounds maybe something like that yeah um and then once you know that information you can then work with your with your team with, your, with the builders or uh, with the surveyors even and, and making a plan on how to work around it or or to potentially remove it safely so. yeah that's it and uh you know it, it, depending what point it sounds like you've got quite a you know the perfect flip um or, or buy to let here but if you are going to be removing it that's not the end of the world one you don't have to do it yourself and stay safe get a professional company to come in and uh, they will dispose of it but being a hazardous material uh danger money uh it's not cheap to get rid of and it has to be disposed of correctly but 
you know, what's the problem with that? If the figures still stack up and, uh, you know, it's going to cost you £5,000 to take the asbestos out if it exists and get rid of it and you're still going to make good money on it, then, you know, I think that's a good thing. Yeah, it might be an opportunity to go back to and renegotiate as Absolutely. Well. So, no, hopefully that helps, Sally, and thank you again for getting in touch and, and also, Mark, for your original question. But that is it for today's episode. Um, thank you, James, for all your help there as well. And no uh, if you've got any questions, please do get in touch. Absolutely. As always, you can drop us an email on hello at cornwallpropertypodcast.com. Go to our website, cornwallpropertypodcast.com. Or you can simply uh, reach out, like many of you do, on our social media platforms like Facebook, uh, etc. And we're always here on the end to help inspire and, you know, anything property we can help with. We are your people here in Cornwall. Or we can connect you with people we know who can if we can't. So, um, guys, please like, please share, please subscribe, uh, leave us a review. Really appreciate any support you guys can give and uh, to help us kind of share this this platform that we're trying to create for you guys. So thanks again. And uh, until next time, see you later. Bye from me as well. Take care, guys. Bye.